Okay, so uh, back at it. It is time for the Pistols Firing Podcast with your hosts, yours truly, Carson Cunningham. I mean, he's about as pretty as they get. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter. When he breaks through and gets in the open, it's over. Gone. The Pistols Firing Podcast starts right now. We are back at it. Welcome back to the Pistols Firing Podcast. I hope you enjoy the new intro once again. Kyle, uh, it's Texas week. Uh, I will be heading to Austin here uh, on Friday morning. Uh, it's one of my favorite weeks of the year. We kind of talked about it on the last podcast. It's it's kind of like Bedlam week, only without all the demons, because OSU wins practically every year against Texas, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited. So, the only thing I'm not excited about the 6:30 kick. I'm just, I, I, it's hard. It's hard to stay up that late to cover it, to watch it. Awesome. You know, crack a coop, hang out, but to cover it, it's like, Oh, like that's, you're looking at two in the morning, but whatever. Nobody cares about that. Look, OSU owns Texas, Carson. I mean, we talked about, uh, remember when we talked preseason and I was hollering about how I want to see nine wins out of Iowa state in a regular season. I want to see Texas beat OSU in Austin because I haven't seen it in a de- in over a decade. So been a long you know, time. I saw the line drop to what five or four and a half, something like that. It's uh, it's pretty interesting going into it. Well, and that makes sense to me. I mean, it came out at almost seven, and I had a friend of the pod, Latvian Missile, Josh Kopelman, used to work for the Sports <laughs> Animal. Now he's a sports gambler and poker player. Is he? He really? said, yeah. He said oh, that's, if the, that's crazy. Yeah, he, he said he was making more money gambling, so he started doing that. But he said if it, if the line got to seven, he was going to hammer it. So apparently he wasn't alone because everybody hammered it to get it down to four and a half, five or five and a half, whatever that's at now. So, but I mean, this game in Austin's been about a field goal game, so that that makes sense to me. I would probably take the points if I was wagering on it. But um, no, you're right. I mean, the, the success they've had in Austin is just crazy, considering Kyle when you and I were in college, they they would have these big halftime leads against Texas and would just find ways to lose just every single time. It just beating Texas seemed more impossible than beating OU back in those days. And just to see the the level of success they've had against Texas in general, let alone in Austin has been just surreal. And they've really pulled the last two or three just completely out of thin air. They just, they had no business winning a couple of those. That's been the most remarkable part about it. Ramon with the pick that just made me, I almost passed out. I almost killed, I almost like injured you in Austin. You like punched me in the chest. I need to. I need to. <laughs> I, I might post that GIF as we're doing the podcast because I, I think I still have it saved on my on my computer. Just you and I are in the background on the sideline. You and I are both like we meet up on the field. We both like we both are resigned. Like we're like, how are they losing to this Texas team? This is this is it terrible. Was, like they they, it was so, they were dead. They were dead it to was rights. Awful. It was so bad. Well, and they couldn't stop the run. Like it just—it seemed inevitable that Ellinger was going to run it in for a touchdown, and that was going to be that. And then, for some reason, I think he might have been a little concussed. He throws this just lob pass right into Ramon's hands, and, and your reaction and my reaction is captured forever. And I'm going <laughs> to post the gift for people that are listening. You can go to my Twitter account, but it was remarkable. Uh, it was remarkable. Okay, we're going to get to our first five here in a second. We've got first. We need to talk about MidFirst Bank, new sponsor of the podcast, Carson. Very exciting. How about this? I checked. I, I tested this earlier. It works. They set up 
a special URL for Pistols Firing listeners, for the Pistols Firing podcast listeners. You can go and uh, check out their credit card there. It's midfirst.com slash pistols firing. So uh, I know last time we, we were uh, we were trying to explain the OSU offer. Th- just, just go to midfirst.com slash pistols firing. You can check out their credit card. You get a $150 bonus. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff going on there. So go check that out. For sure. I love it. I love having MidFirst part of the team. This is an exciting time for the pod and really the best time of the year to uh, to listen. And, and this is a great offer. So love it. It, it is. It's great. Uh, okay. First five. Carson, off the top, I want to talk about this. Spencer Sanders was asked about uh, Texas on Tuesday. Uh, Marshall Scott was there for us getting video, getting quotes. And uh, he, there's always this weird thing with like OSU guys in Texas that are from Texas. And he basically said, like, I had an offer. He's like, I'll put it this way. I had an offer from Texas, but I didn't have an offer from Texas. And there was some, I don't know about animosity, but there was some real, like, uh, just kind of annoyance, I guess, with him uh, about UT. And I'm kind of using that as a hook to say, like, this is a big game for him. Like, if he goes out and lights it up and OSU wins – then all of a sudden, like some dominoes can start falling, not only for uh, the team, but also for him going into the rest of his freshman year. How many Texas quarterbacks has the Longhorns missed on? And it, it, the question is, is Spencer going to be one of those first names you reel off? You think of Andrew Luck, Robert Griffin, Johnny Manziel. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And look, I get it. Texas can't recruit everybody. It's a, it's a massive state full of a ton of quarterbacks, but just they, they've gone after the Shane Bouchelles of the world, the David Ashes. It just seems like they have chosen wrong at quarterback, and I think I think Spencer, rightfully so, should. I mean, Spencer was Mr. Texas football. How are how is how are the Longhorns not offering him a full ride and a, and a committable offer? That that to me is baffling. Wasn't JT Barrett from Texas also? JT Barrett was from Wichita Falls, Texas. Yes. Yeah, there's a, it's okay. This is dumb, and people will make fun of me. But it, when in doubt, go with go with great names, right? Like what, <laughs> this wait, is does so Shane, dumb. Does Shane Buchel sound like the quarterback at the University of Texas, or does does JT Barrett sound like the starting quarterback at Texas? <laughs> um, Andrew Luck, or I guess Garrett Gilbert was a pretty good one, but he didn't pan out. Does uh, Sam Ellinger sound like the quarterback of Texas? Uh, yeah. Not a great name. I'm a I'm a moron. Just don't listen to me. Um, <laughs> You're big on the names. Uh, you always have been. I think it's a, I think it's a huge deal. Dar- don't draft Darko Milicek. Well, you can't pronounce his name. Don't draft him. <laughs> well, uh, you like Amen Agbongbamiga. Agbongbamiga. Yeah, you like I mean, him. I, there's a, there was a guy at the. Uh, this guy actually played pretty well this year, but a guy at the PGA Championship, uh, Jazz Janawananananan. <laughs> I mean, it was mystifying. He was on the leaderboard, and I was like, "Well, I hope I don't have to do any radio hits because that's going to be a disaster." You just call him Jazz. It's easier. Jazzy Jazzy J. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, you wanted to, you wanted the floor uh, to clarify your another guy who has an opportunity on Saturday to to kind of enter the national stage, Chuba Hubbard. You wanted to uh, kind of clear the air on your take on him from earlier this week. Yeah, I mean, I read the roundtable uh, that, that's posted on Pistols Firing, and it was somewhat of a topic of conversation. And I think Kyle Boone was like, pump the brakes on that. And I, and I agree. I, I'm not trying to say that Chuba Hubbard is Barry Sanders. Not 
by any stretch of the imagination. Again, Barry is the greatest running back of all time and had the greatest season of all time. Yeah. But just the the wow factor for me is right there with him. I mean, as as I try to I tried to portray Chuba has a, a jaw dropping factor to him with his speed and his really his vision and his patience and just that frankly his world class speed that you just don't see. And I meant that when he starts galloping, it's Barry. Remember, Barry would just be gone too as soon as he got a crease. And that, it, that to me is what reminds me of Barry. Yeah, I, no, I, I thought you presented it well. You know, I, I, I don't know. It's so hard to compare eras. I, I think the big thing for me, I think Chuba's probably faster than Barry. Like, if you told them both to run a hundred, I think Chuba smokes him. But Barry, like, changing directions was like it was. It was like not human. Like the way he <laughs> he would like be going one way and cut back the other. I mean, it it, it was it, it he looked like a like a deer or like a gazelle, like an animal, like a gazelle or something. It was it was crazy. And Chuba does have some of that, but his big deal is if like he finds the edge. I mean, Gundy's right, gone. Like it's over. You heard Gundy off the top on this podcast. Like that is that's a wrap. We saw that at Tulsa and. I'm just, I don't know. I'm really excited to see what he does against Texas on Saturday. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I think Texas is going to load up on Chuba and just say, Spencer Sanders, it's your first real road test to the season. Come get some. Yeah. And I think they're going to try to play a high safety on Tylen, kind of not necessarily the way they did James Washington, because Tylen can beat you short too. But I just, I just think they're going to try to, limit Chuba and let Spencer Sanders try to win the game. I think that's that's the way to go about it. And it's it's a huge opportunity for Spencer. But I think if I'm Texas, I think I try to take Chuba out first and foremost. I try to load the box against him. Yeah, for sure. I, I think the the hard part there is like you can do the high safety and or you can take away the run game. It's hard to do both. And Oklahoma State's issue the last time they went to Austin was that their offensive line was so miserable that even though they were taking away like they were basically telling osu just run it at us and remember yeah. remember, remember texas front three was like was like stopping them and you're like well how is this happening like is the is the offensive line this bad i i think i think that this offensive line is much better than that one and so i i think you're gonna see better balance that is like if texas takes away one thing i think oklahoma state will, will more easily be able to go to the other thing and remember how stubborn osu was just like you know Gundy plays the card of you know the defense determined trying to run the ball against a three-man front and could not yeah and then like the few times they tried to throw it you know Jalen McCleskey had that drop over the middle but they were getting guys open that drop was unreal yeah and it was unreal throw by Rudolph but they they were just trying to almost like prove a point like you're gonna play us that way we have to run the ball and you're right their offensive line just could not get it done and I, I think that's much different this time around and i think texas's secondary is much different they're ranked 118th in the country in pass defense DBU. so if they want to if they want to put dbu on an island uh, against against this receiving core specifically tywin wallace i mean i don't know it, it's kind of why tom herman compared osu's offense to armageddon you know the scariest possible environment uh, it's kind of that's kind of what OSU does. They they run the football and they throw it deep. That's two of the things that you know keep you up at night if you're a defensive coordinator. Yep, for sure. Speaking of uh, defensive backs, Texas is, or I guess speaking of DBU, Texas has a few pupils missing from uh, a few students missing on Saturday. 
a couple of guys that are out, BJ Foster and can't remember the other one, but uh, does that affect the way you view the game at all? Or is it kind of, I mean, they've kind of been so bad that you're like, well, maybe the guys behind them are better. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's, I think it's a big deal because look, they, as I said, they were already one 18th in the country and in, in past defense, they're playing their best players. So if they're already going to the second unit, I think it, it's kind of similar to OSU going to Tulsa without three defensive tackles. That's, that's not ideal. So it's, I don't think it's going to determine the game, but I, I don't think it helps Texas's cause by any means. I think that's a that's a good break for OSU because it's early in the season. Normally, you're you're more healthy at this point in the season than than Texas is. So I I would be worried about it if I was a Texas fan. Yes, I think I think it's going to be a, a factor. Demarvian Overshone Overshawn was the other DB that was out uh, for them on Saturday. Uh, people keep asking, you know, is, is OSU getting their defenders back? Are they getting these linemen back? Are they getting Calvin Bundage back. We have no idea. We ask Gundy all the time. Marshall Scott <laughs> has asked Gundy every time he sees Gundy, he asks him. And there, I mean, it's the same. You always go back to this, but the Kendall Hunter, like, well, next week, next week. And it, and it just keeps getting pushed into the future. And even people behind the scenes are like, just, I, I don't know. Like there's just so much uh, unknown with, with all the guys that are out for Oklahoma state right now. So Hopefully they get some of those guys back this week. It'd be a good week for it. Yeah. Gundy's pretty coy about injuries, isn't he not? I mean, you're right. I think it is it is shaping up kind of like the Kendall Hunter deal. And I, I even think with the Kendall Hunter deal, at certain points he was like, yeah, he's fine. He's playing. Yeah. And, he, and yeah. he didn't play. I know. So I don't I don't know with Bundage. I mean, I I don't know. It just it doesn't look good on that front. I haven't heard anything positive as nope. of yet, but we'll have to wait and see. But but no, I mean, certainly they need their defensive tackles because, look, Texas doesn't have just some stallion like Chuba Hubbard, but what they have is is Sam Ellinger. He, he's their starting running back. I know they have Keontae Ingram as well. He's probably, he is their starting running back. But past 10, they, they moved a, a backup quarterback to running back. They are very thin at that position. And Sam Ellinger, when they play a ranked team, Kyle, he, his carries go up. He averages yeah. about 15 to 20 carries when they play a ranked team. And so he hasn't run the ball a lot this year, but he will on Saturday. And that's uh, that to me is a huge factor for our man Eamon. I'm not going to say his last name. Uh, Malcolm Rodriguez at linebacker. Those guys are going to be busting heads with Sam Ellinger all day. And that to me is going to be a huge factor in the game. What do you, how do you feel about Ellinger? You like him? I've warmed up to <clears throat> I've warmed up to him. I mean. No one has been more down on Texas than I have. No one has claimed they're more overrated than I have. But I'm actually kind of bullish on them this year, other than their defense. I think Sam Ellinger proved a lot last season. I would have I would have ranked him as the top quarterback in the league coming into the year ahead of Jalen Hurts. Um, I think he was just more proven in that way. And you saw what he did against LSU. He marched up and down the field on LSU. And we all know LSU has NFL players on defense. And so I, I think... Going from Zach Smith to Sam Ellinger is a huge concern for Jim Knowles. I mean, I just think he's a good player. He just makes things happen. He's he's Tim Tebow light. Tim Tebow has probably the greatest statistical winning career of any quarterback. I mean, the guy won the Heisman, won two national titles. But I think they have very similar playing styles. Uh, they're, they're tough. They don't throw the ball great, but they just move the chains and make plays and score touchdowns. And so yeah, I'm I'm high on Sam Ellinger. I um I think it, <laughs> I think he's gonna have his way with OSU's defense. I really do. I think he's kind of annoying. Well, he's a goof. I mean, <laughs> have you seen the 
Anytime they show a picture of him, have you? I mean, he takes goofy photos. I mean, I think he's a good quarterback, but he kind of has that kind of has that Eli Manning face to him, you know? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Just kind of yeah. like he's kind of a goofy look to him. I guess for me, he's a little uh, he's a little J.W. Walshy. Maybe I I, I don't a little know. Too rah rah for you? Is that what you mean by that? Yeah, I guess. I just like just. Just go do your thing. Like I don't need you like screaming at Reese Davis after the Sugar Bowl or whatever. Oh, I, I love that. That was great. Yeah. So we're back. That was great. If you're a Texas no... fan, you would have loved that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I think so. He just. I mean, I, just, again, just, we going from me. Jalen Jalen Hurts is like so boring when he i just like interesting to me it was i thought it was interesting that he said we're back and in the way that he did jalen hurts gets up there after the games and just like oh well i gotta be better (laughs) even though he's like leading the country in touchdowns and yards and just crack it's okay to crack a smile every now and then like my goodness do you think spencer sanders is interesting I I haven't really gotten the chance to interview him yet i've just seen you know some a few clips here and there Uh, i think he's pretty pretty polished pretty professional i think he's kind of like rudolph in that way you know rudolph wasn't super interesting but he just kind of talked like a pro uh, from day one uh i, I guess i get kind of similar vibes from him in that way yeah you're right I, I think sanders is more like i think i mean i did that that uh really like long interview with him when he was a senior in high school and he was really good. Like he was really dynamic. Uh, he didn't, I think he kind of struggled to like, uh, I don't know. Like he, he wanted to say some stuff, but didn't. And I think he's even more reserved now, now that he's kind of gotten into that, um, like that, f- the, the media flow at Oklahoma state. Like it's the, I mean, it's the Ricky, Th- Ricky Fowler thing, right? Like the, you say a bunch of words, but they don't really mean a ton. It's just platitudes. And, uh, I wish they'd like let him go a little bit because I think he's got really interesting things to say. Yeah, think about Spencer's stock and and what it would look like if he goes on the road and, and beats Texas. This this and especially especially Kyle like we t- we talked about the success OSU's had like in Austin. Well, they've been beating some bad Texas teams. Like this is a good Texas team. This is a Texas yeah. team ranked in the top ten. Yeah, just think where uh, Spencer's stock will rise from there. That would be. That would be huge for his just his career, really. That early in his career to get a get a win like that, for sure. Uh, okay, we let's skip the Rudolph stuff. We talked about him on Monday. Uh, before we get before we do our uh, uniform preview, I want to hear your favorite OSU Texas game of the last. Well, let's just say the Gundy era. What's your favorite OSU Texas game of the Gundy era? <clears throat> uh, any game or games in Austin. Yeah, let's go Austin since this one's in in Austin. Well, I was not there in 2010 when they got their first win in Austin when you know Justin Blackman had a couple long touchdowns. I was there in 2011. I was there in 2013. I was there in 2015. I was there in 2017. Uh, so I've been there for a lot of them, and this is an easy call for me. It's it's 2013 because they, there were so many like moments that are just etched in my brain from that game. I was down on the field. I was filming it. There was a Clint Shelf 
touchdown run. He runs right by me or right at me rather and points up to the band. That's just forever etched in my in my mind. And the Justin Gilbert pick six, he runs right toward me. And there's that now famous we're gif. Now we're talking. There's there's that famous gif of Mac Brown like launching his headset or like just screaming or screaming at the defensive backs uh, or receivers. And so just 2013, it was just a drubbing too. They won 38 to 13 and just that kind of catapulted that team to one of the favorites to win the league. And that team should have won the big 12 that year. So that's yeah, 2013 so that, for me. That, te- that was a team that uh, Chelsea took over the TCU game. Is that right? Yeah. So they went after TCU, they went uh, 58 points against Iowa state, 52 against tech, 42 against Kansas, 38 against Texas. And then they beat number three, Baylor 49, 17 at home. So they, mm. won sev- they won seven in a row before losing that horrendous game to OU and then losing to uh, to Missouri in the Cotton Bowl. But uh, that was a good one. That, that one was really good. Uh, that was a Texas team that was ranked – what were they ranked? They were ranked 23. So they were good, not great. I, I thought 10 was probably my favorite one in terms of games in Austin. It has just been so long, and I don't remember what – World War Two. World War Two. Wasn't that the last time they won in Austin? Yeah, since Army they don't, won that they don't. national title. <laughs> well, I know they, they didn't play Texas and Austin very often before the Big 12 came along, but it was still some crazy stat like that. Yeah, so Whedon threw for 409. He had a touchdown. Kendall Hunter ran for 116. Blackman had nine for 145. And it was just a it was just a classic like 2011 or 2010-11 OSU game. They scored – it was tied 3-3 after the first, and OSU put up 23 in the second quarter, and that was kind of a wrap. So – uh, that was probably my favorite. I don't really remember. Should I remember the 2011 one better? Didn't they? Didn't they go two years in a row there? Yeah, they did because they reformed the Big 12 and they played their two straight years. The 2011 one was was touch and go. I remember Whedon stepped out of the back of the end zone for a safety when they were pinned deep, which ultimately ended up being like a good thing because I think he threw like an I think he might have thrown an interception, but he had already stepped out of bounds. So it, yeah. I, that's all I can quite remember from that game, but uh, it was touching. That was like probably the closest game of that season, really, was that game in Austin. That was probably one of his worst games. He was 23 for 41 for 218 and one touchdown, which for him at that time was just, you know, it was very pedestrian. David Ash, <laughs> not to bring him back into it, had uh, he had 139 yards and two two interceptions. Jeremy Smith had seven for 140 and two touchdowns. Jeremy Smith averaged 20 yards a game that game. 20 yards carry. Or 20 yards a carry that game. Yeah. He had a big, long, like he had like an 80-yard touchdown in that game. I think that kind of skewed it. Wow. Uh, I remember that 2010 game as like the moment I thought, okay, Justin Blackman is a superstar. Yeah. I think that was kind of the game in which, you know, he had put up big numbers early in that season, but to do it on the road in Austin – the way he did was like, whoa, this guy's like, he's he's the next big thing at receiver for OSU. He's he's unbelievable. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, let's uh, let's do a uniform preview. You ready for mm. that? Are you? Pre- I'm ready. Are you prepared? Okay. I have I have some intel on this. <laughs> okay, okay. Sources say. Let's get to this week's uniform preview. Brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. Be sure to shop online at Chris. UniversitySpirit.com. You hit the uh, 
You hit the Royal Flush last week, Carson. You got everything. You nailed it all. And uh, I don't know how you're going to follow that up this week. The Royal Flush. I like that. Yeah. The uh, the Orange Flush, we'll call it. <laughs> um. So am I going first or second? I, I should go second since I have Intel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll go first. Uh, so I'm going... I'm going orange, white, black. Their their traditional at Texas uniform. Although they did they went black, white, black for a while, but they've gone orange, white, black mostly. I think the last couple of times. But instead of the you know oversized Pete helmet, the chrome oversized monster Pete, I'm going uh, the brand, the chrome brand with the uh, paisley stripe thing running down the middle. Mm. Okay. Have so, they worn that? They've worn that before, haven't they? That helmet, I think they wore it at uh, Kansas State last year, I want to say. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah. And, are, and you're going what? White jersey and what? Uh, black pants. Orange, white, black. Okay, you're going orange, white, black. Okay. Well, I have some intel on this. Now, I'm, I'm tempted to not reveal it until game day <laughs> in, our, in our preview post because I know, I know some of the equipment people listen to this podcast, so they might mm. change it knowing that that word is out. But so, uh, but I'll I'll go ahead and unveil what what they're gonna wear. They're wearing orange, white, black again, and they're wearing the big chrome Pete that you no. don't like so much. No. I mean, Kyle, they've worn it two straight years. You know how you know how superstitious these guys get, I and I don't blame them. I'm I'm pretty. There is such thing as uniform karma, uh, but uh, that that's that's my pick, and uh, that's what I think they wear. But you know what? If they come out in something radically different, I can still say, hey, well, the word got out and they changed yeah, it. So yeah, I'm right either way. <laughs> it's, it's a win-win situation for Carson. That's that's easy money. Uh, I should just do this every week. <laughs> so I was wrong. They didn't wear uh, – yeah, you should do that every week. So they put the Paisley Stripe on the, the Chrome Pete helmet, uh, not the Chrome brand. I don't think they've done the Chrome brand like with an orange helmet. I thought they did against like Iowa State. Uh, maybe like two I, years ago i don't we don't have pictures of it anyway i'm i'll, I'll stick with my pick even though it, it's a helmet that might not even <laughs> exist uh okay that uh so you're gonna go four for four two weeks in a row that's great that's awesome for the uh for the standings um okay we need to talk about we need to talk mid, uh, mid first again carson are you are you googling I'm trying to find what they wore. Yeah, no, they wore a Chrome Pete in 2017 against yeah. Iowa State. I don't think there's. I don't think they've worn a Chrome brand with the orange helmet. I swear they have, but I, I'm, I so I'm old and, and forgetful. Yeah, great radio. Uh, Carson, each swipe of your OSU credit card or debit card with MidFirst is another entry into the ultimate game day experience. This lasts from now uh, through October October 31st. And uh, if you win, you get two VIP tickets to an OSU game in November. Uh, Heck November, yeah. The November home games are, are stout. They've got uh, – who do they have? They've got OU at home. They've got uh, – do they have West Virginia at home at that time? Uh, I'm not sure. They've got, to look up. they've got TCU, Kansas, and OU at home all in November, and then they're at West Virginia. Um Huge slate. Yeah. So two VIP tickets on the table. Uh, you're you're automatically entered every time you use your OSU credit card or debit card uh, into the ultimate game day experience. And again, there's a couple other uh, prizes available uh, within that that we will uh, we will reveal later on in in the season. So pretty awesome. cool stuff from mid first. And Carson, I've got 
we're going to end with one interesting thing. But first, I want to take a dive into the uh, – we did this last week. Take a dive into the media guide again. I got a couple questions for you. You ready for this? Mm, yes. Love it. Okay. So I want you to guess the longest win streak in Oklahoma State history. How many and what year? Um, the longest win streak in the history of the football program. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's got to be. It's got to be 2011 because they lost the second to last game of the year, so they would have had what 11 wins in a row. That's my they guess. Did, they did have tw- uh, 11 wins in a row in 20, 2010 and 2011. They won their bowl game in 2010. But the longest streak. Uh, was actually in 1944 <laughs> and encompassed the national championship. But that's not what I want to talk about. The part I wanted to talk about was their second longest streak. How about this? They won ten, They won 12 games in a row starting December 6, 2014 at OU. They beat Washington in the bowl game, and then they won 10 in a row in 2015. See, I was going to guess that because I knew they won 10 in a row. I just – I thought 20 – I forgot 2014 they won at, at Norman. I, I can't remember what year that was. So. Yeah, they, they won uh, – they beat OU, and then they beat that Washington team that had like 11 first-round draft picks on it. <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy. That I mean, again, that's just Gundy's best coaching job, like by a long ways. Didn't yeah. have much of an offensive line, had, had – Young Rudolph, and we're just winning games. That's when the Cardiac Cowboys was born. They just won a bunch of close games. Yeah, there was that stat where they won like 15 in a row that were under seven points or something like that. <laughs> the only How- the only loss was to Central Michigan. <laughs> Which Gundy argues they didn't lose. <laughs> yeah. uh, how many did they win in a row in like 45 or whatever? Uh, they won 13 in a row. So was that like the big the latter half of the season prior and then November, undefeated yeah, yeah. or so they went november 11 1944 to september 21 1946 so they went almost two years without a loss wow who's the coach i i i don't know oh, i thought it was listed there on the schedule you're looking at uh no i can pull it up real quick uh okay so 1944 it was uh this is just phenomenal radio. Jim Lookabaugh. I should have known that. Oh, uh, Lookabaugh, yeah. So in 44, they end the season beating um, – they they beat Texas at Texas. This is the last time they beat Texas at Yeah, Texas. that's right. 13 Told you. 13-8. To, to then they beat – I guess this is OU. It says they beat Oklahoma at OKC. I don't know if that's – University of Oklahoma, like in the city of yeah, Oklahoma City. They, yeah, they used they used to play it in Oklahoma City, I guess. Okay, so they go Texas OU back to back. That has to be the only time that's ever happened. And then they beat TCU in the Cotton Bowl. And then in '45 they go, they beat uh, Arkansas, Denver, SMU, Utah, TCU. This sounds like a Mountain West schedule. Uh, <laughs> Tulsa. They only beat Tulsa twelve to six. That was a stout Tulsa team. And then they beat Texas Tech 46 to 6. They beat OU 47 nothing. And then wow. they hammer, they hammer St. Mary's in the Sugar Bowl 33-13 national champs. But they didn't win national champs until uh, the year 2000, but they didn't win the national championship till 2017, oh. 18. Yeah. And then the next year they start. Uh, they beat Denver forty to seven. So that's that's thirteen and or that's uh, fourteen in a row. 
and then they tie Arkansas 21-21. So uh, the magical run. Streak. Yeah. That's Man, pretty that incredible. A, that was a wild ride through history there. No kidding. Couldn't hang on to Jim Lookabaugh. He got hired elsewhere, I guess. <laughs> Stepping stone job. Okay, my other question. How many iPhone iterations have there been since Texas last beat Oklahoma State in Austin? Um, well, we're on like the iPhone X. Um, so I'll say s- nine? 16. What? Well, yeah, I'm counting like the, the XR and the Pro. Uh, okay, yeah. There had only Dude, been two... Geez. There had only been two releases of the iPhone, the, the 3G and the 3GS, the originals, um, <laughs> last time Oklahoma State lost in Austin. So, uh, okay, let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit. Then we got to come back and wrap things up because I have a, uh, I have a thing I got to get to. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, one interesting thing. What do you got? Uh, tonight, uh, 7 o'clock, tonight being Wednesday night, uh, we're airing our Boone Pickens Chronicle uh, at 7 o'clock on Channel 5. I think it's really good. It's really well done. We have interviews with Ricky Fowler, Mike Holder. I interviewed Larry Reese. Uh, it's a pretty cool way to kind of honor Boone Pickens. And, and his last on-camera interview, in fact, was on Channel 5 with, with Abigail Ogle. So we're going to wow. run a lot of that, too. So. She went out to his ranch in West Texas, so it uh, it's a good it's a good watch. I would encourage anyone who who likes Oklahoma State and Boone Pickens to to give it a give it a view. We also kind of at the end kind of give our thoughts on them. So awesome. I think we work we work pretty hard on it. I think it turned out really well, and uh, it airs tonight at seven. That's pretty cool. Last on camera interview. Yeah, pretty cool. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, I haven't told you this. I'm going to the funeral on Thursday. Okay, it's uh, in Dallas, right? Yeah, I don't know if my seat is. Uh, I don't know if they put me next to Mike Holder. I don't know if. Uh, I, I don't know. How Ask it's him if he go. wants to come on the pod again. Yeah, do you want to talk some recruiting, Mike? Uh, we'd oh. be happy to do that. Um, We're never getting him again, are we? After that blew up, <laughs> it's not even our fault or his it fault. It wasn't our fault. I apologized to him. I said I, I. I wrote him a letter. I said I don't. I don't know. Like this just happened. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it's I. On I PTI. Am, <laughs> I know that was so crazy. I am. It's it, you're you're not like excited to go to a funeral, but I am. I'm very uh, grateful to have been invited, and and uh, I think it'll be a a really. I, I think it will be as far as funerals go. I think it'll be a good celebration of life. So I'm excited about that part of it. For sure. I mean, you live 91 years. You you have the life that Boone had. It should be it should be good vibes only. So yeah, it should be. Should be a good way to, to honor him for sure. Maybe maybe George Bush will pass me a uh, a piece of candy like he does to Michelle Obama at the state funerals. Have you seen that? No. He like every time there's a state funeral and all the presidents are there, he gives her like a like he like hands her a candy on his way in, like a Mentos or something. 
Should ask him if he wants to play catch. It's pretty, he's, got a, he's, got a, he's got an arm on him. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, he does. It's pretty great. Uh, okay, Carson, great stuff. Enjoy Austin this weekend. I won't be there, but uh, I'm excited for you. It's always a fun trip, and hopefully we'll be uh, spewing more iPhone stats here in two years when Oklahoma State goes back to Austin. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll talk to you after the game. Talk to you later.